It's the classic immigrant story, but in real life, like have a couple hundred bucks in their pocket, had to make it, and then watching them work super hard to get to like a little bit better of a thing, a little bit better of a thing, and kind of like move that forward. That, that was transformational for sure. This is the Insurance Technology Podcast, where we bring interesting people from across the insurance ecosystem to discuss and debate technology's impact on the industry. Join us each episode for insights and best practices from industry stewards and tomorrow's innovators. Now, here's your host, Reed Holsworth. Welcome to the Insurance Technology Podcast. I'm your host, Reed Holsworth. In this episode, I'm going to be interviewing Alan Ringwald. Alan is the CEO and co-founder of Relativity 6. I recently met Alan at InsureTech Boston, where we were at a dinner the night before. And Alan was just such a humble, cool dude. But as you started to kind of unravel his story and he started to open up some, just fascinating. And what's interesting as you, as you listen to these episodes is you'll hear it. Like what I learned from Alan and about his life in, the, in those short moments prior to these interviews was, was a very small piece of his overall life. It's amazing what this guy has done and what he's been through. Stay tuned. You're really going to enjoy it. Alan, welcome. Great. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So Relativity 6, for those that don't know, what does Relativity 6 do? Yeah, great question. So we try to keep it simple. We're really focused on kind of one, one thing, one type of data point, and that's business industry classification. So what, what, what does that mean? It's basically we're focused on understanding what a business actually does. And it's not what the business did when they started their company. It's not what the business did when they filed that DMB number. It's not what the business did last year. It's what is the business doing right now? What are the primary activities of that company today? That's what we're focused on. Are you a data company? <sighs> wow, I didn't think we were going to get so deep so early, Reed. Jeez. We'll um, come back to that. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah, that. yeah. But uh, yeah, let's come back to it because that's... <laughs> All right, we'll come back to that. So, yeah. so Alan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Where are you from? Where are you born? Where yeah. are your parents from? Give us well, a little background on wow, for sure. history. Yeah. Um, I was actually born in Israel. Um my mom's Israeli um, and my dad's Uruguayan, actually. So they're completely different cultures. Um, I was born there. And then a couple months later, we actually moved to Uruguay. So I lived there kind of as a toddler. And then I moved to the U.S. when I was uh, I think like four years old. So English is kind of like my third third language, actually. And uh, yeah. That's awesome. So then what brought you to the States? You don't mind me asking. No, of course. So my dad applied to like 15 business schools all over the world. Um, he was a young guy and he got into one, um, which was Boston University. So we were supposed oh, wow. to be here for two years and we just kind of stayed. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. What a great place to be. So you grew up in Boston. Then, I did. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I in kind the of, city or outside or actually right in the city. So, um, you know, he went to BU, Boston University, which is right in the city. My parents were really young, um, early 20s when they had me and when they were kind of getting started. So we didn't have much money and kind of started off in some, you know, the dorms I actually grew up in, like I remember like the BU dorms kind of living there. 
and then studio apartment, then one bedroom apartment, then one bedroom in a little bit better part of town that we kind of like made our way outside the city. Um, but it, it took a while. So I kind of grew up kind of seeing the grind from my parents, not having too much and then working really hard to, to make it. As Ultimately, what, do you, what did your parents end up doing for a living? Yeah. Um, so my mom being an Israeli person, she basically could only get a job as a Hebrew teacher, of course. Um, and she ended up actually getting a really good job at Brandeis University, which is a, like a pretty – uh, it's like a, it has like a bit of a Jewish identity and like the, a Hebrew program. So she kind of started there and she ended up working her way up, getting a PhD and kind of really professionalizing that industry wow. and kind of becoming like a, uh, yeah, like a professor within like a, like linguistics and like a focus on Hebrew and some other language acquisition type stuff. So she did that. My dad, um, kind of like a finance guy, and he ended up uh, honestly like when he started when he started coming up in Boston, it was a pretty racist town. <laughs> um, kind of still is, I'd say, in, in some ways. But um, his name's Miguel, and being named Miguel back in the eighties was not that cool. So he, you know, he couldn't really get a job at like a big bank or anything. So he ended up kind of finding his way into microfinance which is basically, you know, financing, uh, kind of working with the World Bank and then financing like small businesses all over Latin America and kind of oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. that way. So like giving them loans and stuff like that. So, yeah. That microfinance world is a big, there's a big addressable market with that. Massive. It's, it's not as big here in the States, but like elsewhere. Yeah, for sure. It, it's and- massive. It's right. massive. And what people don't realize is like there's an insane rate of return um, because it's like a community focused business where a lot of different people come together and they kind of do like have peer pressure to succeed and do well. And it actually legitimately like is a very good investment. But like, like you said, it's not popular here or it wasn't like Kiva was kind of the first company that quote unquote made it cool back in the day. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So but it was cool because. Growing up, he would work in kind of every poor, like poorer Latin American country, and he would take me on a lot of those trips. So, oh, you know, no kidding! Yeah, like to like, where? Bon- like you know, all over Brazil, um, a lot in Peru, uh, Colombia, uh, yeah, countries like that. And he would uh, take me along, like go to the farms or go to these like small manufacturers, and just expose me to that world, which was like super cool. So, yeah, that's really awesome. Then did your dad speak Spanish? I assume. He, yeah, he does. He's yeah, yeah he's Uruguayan and he kind of he yeah, was yeah. able to speak to me in Spanish growing up. So I was able to get that language. And then my mom speaking Hebrew was able to give me Hebrew. So, that's yeah, awesome. that's pretty cool, man. That's really cool. So, like, how old were you when you were doing those trips with your dad? Uh, yeah, I started when I was probably like 12. And like all the way through college, um, I loved those trips, like remote parts of Brazil, um, like through the like not like Rio or like mm-hmm. Sao Paulo or anything like really remote areas. We'd like, you know, drive for days to get to a location and you just get to see a different type of world, really. So he would he exposed me to that really early. And, you know, I definitely ingrained that within me. That's like. 
that would be transformational to an adult, but as as a child, you're growing up in that and seeing that. Exactly. Exactly. Do you think that that kind of, and this is kind of an obvious question, it's maybe a dumb question, but molded you into who you are today? I mean, seeing that and being involved in that and traveling to all these different places and these different cultures and living in that. And then your dad's there to basically help um, these companies yeah. in these small communities and therefore yeah. help these communities grow yeah. in, in, a, in a big way. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that that had a big part of it. I think watching my parents grind it out, like from having, you know, it's the classic immigrant story, but in real life, like have a couple hundred bucks in their pocket, had to make it. And then watching them work super hard to get to like a little bit better of a thing, a little bit better of a thing and kind of like move that forward. That, that was transformational for sure. Um, kind of instilled the work ethic that I think you have to have to be able to make it in, you know, what I, what it is that I'm doing now. Oh Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, that's, it's, wow, that's pretty amazing. You've been to a lot of, a lot of cool places. All yeah. that sounds like. So all sure. that said, what, what, did, what was your favorite hobby, sport? What kind of stuff were you into as a kid? Yeah, man, I was a, like, love, love playing sports. Um, my dad actually is funny because, you know, we grew up here, but my dad's from Uruguay. And I was like, dad, dad, can I join little league? He's like, no, like, cause he, cause he would see these guys on TV, like these closers way, like, Oh, you know, be huge. And he's like, you're big enough. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta run around a little bit. So I focused more on like uh, soccer was my big sport, but, um, all sports. Like I was like, that was what I did. I was always on a field from like, I'd be playing basketball all day, soccer all day, football, anything like that was my number one hobby and I was pretty sure I was going to be a pro soccer player when I grew up and um I had that like horrific feeling that happens to all young athletes when they like leave their town and go somewhere else and like realize there's much better athletes uh than your immediate area and you're like okay uh that's not gonna happen but that was always kind of like what I like, I was sure that I was going to be involved in pro sports in some way. I was like obsessed, but it didn't work out. It didn't happen. It did not. Yeah, it's okay. Um, yeah. So then, what did you do? So did you go to school? You went to college? Like, tell us about that. Yeah, man. I um, I did. So I actually ended up going to the college where my mom taught at because of how cheap that was, right? Like, she was, you know, it's basically free, which was great. Um, I did end up taking any of her classes, which I regret, but I, I went to college, but honestly, I didn't participate too much on the academic, on the academic side. Um, <laughs> so, like, so you went to college, but you didn't really do anything. <laughs> not, I mean, so here's what I did do. I didn't do much schoolwork to be fair, but, um, really early on, like sophomore, eh, freshman, sophomore year, I had this insight that like, I was like, Hmm, like there's all these kids here. And they're really lazy. And there's also like tons of like vendors right outside the school, laundromats, like restaurants, like, you know, you name it, all these small businesses. And I was like, and this is, I'm dating myself, Reed, but uh, this is like 2002. Hmm. And it was like, can I make a portal so that students could connect with all these small businesses and can I make some money doing that? So I started this company called college bellhop back in the day 
doing just that. It was like, it's funny because it like made the news because it was an e-commerce company, if you can believe it. Because like we could accept payments online, which is nuts. Um, and yeah, I like grew that to like 15 schools by the time I was a senior. Um, so I spent a lot of time working actually. Were you generating revenue from it? Yeah. Yeah. A decent amount actually. It's like advertising revenue or how, how'd you monetize it? It was subscription based and we would just take a percentage of each transaction that we would do. And at the same time, it was cool because you're helping out all these small businesses around the school that didn't know how to connect with the students. Um, yeah, totally. So it was right. it was fun. I actually sold it um, right as I graduated college, which was awesome. Um, probably the like quote unquote easiest company that I've ever done, and I was like, oh, this is easy. Um, I'm gonna keep doing this. Um, but yeah, so didn't do much schoolwork. Sorry if anyone's listening from Brandeis. Um, great school. <laughs> But uh, wasn't my focus at all. I was just wanted to get on the hustle and get get doing stuff. College is a is a fun time, man. I have a buddy. It's a funny story. I have a, one of my really best best friends. He went to a, a Marquette University, which is a great school for sure. Great school. And he's like, you know, there's like pictures of him and like the halls, like you know, and stuff. He never actually went there. He just like weaseled his way into the dorms. Yeah. Like he met somebody and said he was somebody and he like lived there on campus. I love for it. Like a couple of years. That's literally. a Steve Jobs story right there. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's cute story. Yeah. It's crazy. That's crazy. I love it. I respect that. <laughs> All that did dude did was just party and had fun. That's you know? good. <laughs> That's what you should do. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Exactly. It's a good time in your life to do so, right? Just for sure. Be, yeah. It's funny. I mean, I don't know. I think college is good for a lot of things, but at that age, do people really know what they want to do? No, honestly, I don't like, you know, this is probably a a super tangent, but I I think 95% of kids are not ready to go to college at that age and they should be like working or like doing something else and then coming back. So I ended up going to grad school and that's when I was like, oh, I see, like, this is cool. Like there's professors and I'm learning like, but it took years to actually appreciate that. I think if you just go from high school straight to college, it's like you assume that that's what everyone does. And you don't really realize what a privilege it is to just be like hanging out and like, like homework, like what a great fun, like, I know it sounds crazy, but it's like, you get to like learn more about stuff. Like, and you have professors that actually like know what they're talking about. That's cool. So, you know, in my opinion, college is generally not at the right time. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It's, um, it's you know, it's you got to have that thirst for knowledge, right? Exactly, and then, you do. And then you want to follow your path throughout that because then you're passionate about it. I mean, I know everybody knows this story. I mean, how many people, everybody knows somebody who went to school for eight years and has hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to be an yep. attorney or whatever it is. And they're like, I hate this job. And then they're like, you know, working some in some completely different, yep. uh, you know, and, and it's just, and so that everybody, but I think it's good overall. I think for some people in, in certain areas, I mean, you grew up in Boston too. You're yep. exposed to a lot. Yep. I mean, you especially were exposed to a lot dealing with your dad and traveling all over the world. But you know, for some, it's, it's you get out of an environment, you go to another one, and you do the thing and and whatnot. But I don't know if if college really dictates um, what you truly become as an adult and your career path. 
And some people may be mad at me about that. I really don't care. Right. Um, but I, I believe it's true, you know, and, and it's like, I don't have a college education. I didn't do shit. I got yeah. like straight F's in, in high school. I have like a glorified GED, yeah. you know, but I went to, I went to community college later on and just, and I got 4.0 and I was doing, like you said, all the extra credit, all the stuff. I was like fascinated. By exactly. It, right? And I never would have done that out of high school. Like, for what? Sure. no, right. I a party of my friends. For sure. You know? For like, sure. And, and so, so anyways, I, I, I would agree with that. It's a little controversial. You know, what's funny though. I was thinking about this the other day. It seems like education and the degree, especially now in like the, the great resignation and all this stuff and people are getting, you know, huge amounts of dollars for what they do. It, yep. It's like, I don't know the last, I don't, I mean, as a CEO of Ivan's and, and he's doing what I do and you know, all this stuff that I do, I don't remember the last time I was like, we can't hire them because they don't have a degree. Right. And I'm glad, right. honestly. Yeah. Like I'll tell you though, like I worked at Google back in the day. Like, so my next job out of, so like my first real job was like Google, I guess, like once I sold my company and that was crazy because at the time they were like, what are your SAT scores? And yeah. like, what school did you go? They changed that if, you know, which was like, like five years ago, they finally changed that. But at the time I thought that was honestly one of the stupidest things ever because they missed out on so much talent. That's right. It's like, yeah, as a kid, you if you make a couple bad choices as like a teenager that can impact your like adulthood, that just makes no sense to me. Oh. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what, what, what year was that roughly when you went to work for Google? Yeah. 2006. Yeah. 2000. Yeah. So that's still yeah. when it was like super cool yeah. to work at Google. What was oh, that like? What dude, it was crazy. Was dude, it was nuts. It was nuts. Tell, um, tell us. Tell us. What are you <laughs> it was like, okay. So it was like right post IPO. Um, which was weird. Oh yeah. Yeah. So there's like a weird energy in the air. Cause you know, a lot of people had just made an incredible amount of life changing money. Um, so you're like, you know, I'm sitting next to someone who's like looking for like, uh, yachts and like incredible cars. And I'm like sitting here making like, okay money, but like, not like that. It's like, dude, it's crazy. And then there was just like, literally my first week there, they took the entire company. I was in Mountain View to Tahoe to some five-star resort for like a week. It wasn't a holiday time or anything. <laughs> did it. And it was just like, it was just insane. Like funny money, crazy chaos, not much organization. I jumped around departments constantly. I, you know, it was like kind of lived in that chaos, which I, I love. Um, but things weren't like, it was just, you know, the Google itself had, you know, found, product market fit, as they say, with the, you know, with the, with AdWords, with like the, yeah, like monetizing right, search. That's right. And yep. So it'd be, it was a money machine. And yeah, so right. like in that, and I think I got there right as that like was really like, you know, scaling and going crazy. Like high, like you they'd hire like a thousands of people a week is just like, you know, like crazy. So it got so big so fast. And that's actually what the turnoff was, to be honest with you, about it was it got too big. It got so big, it got to the point where it's like I wasn't sure that anybody knew that I was like alive there. You know, like there's just like you didn't need to be there. 
Like it was kind of taking care of itself in many ways. Like a lot of smart people actually like that was kind of the problem also is, you know, I say probably it's like all anyone around me went to Princeton, Harvard, Yale, Stanford, blah, blah, blah. And the funny thing is they all tried to be humble about it. They'd say I'd ask like, oh, what school do you go to? Um, And they'd say, oh, you know, I went to school in Connecticut, which meant like Yale or like, like, oh, I went to school in Boston, which meant like Harvard. And then, so I started being like, oh, I went to school in Boston. So people would think I went to <laughs> Dude, you know what's funny is like me as a, as a, I don't have formal education, like I said. Yeah. And early on in, in my career, I felt like so ashamed. Like mm-hmm. people would be like, what school did you go to? And I'm like, oh, like I kind of would like right. lie about it, honestly. Right. Right. You know, because like, and it's, and it, it's like a, I've, dude, I've been in so many circles at so many dinner parties or whatever, where it's like a pissing match. Yeah. Right. Oh, I yeah. went here. Oh, we went here. Oh, I went there. You know, it's like, like, and it is, it's not just because like they went there and they're just saying it. You know what I'm talking about? Like I do. it becomes this thing. And it's I'm your like, identity. Yeah. It is. It is. And it's, you know, it's funny as I got older and I've become more successful, I'm just totally. like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, no. But then I, they can't I, say anything. They're like, what? Yeah. what? Like, what right. do you mean? You know, right. like, how, like, you know, and it's, and it's only because I'm successful and I've been successful yep. that I'm not looked down upon in that moment. Right. 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 Because they, people do, they still do. I know. know? No. And, and Maybe that's why I'm so down on school. Like, I'm no, just like, pissed about that. I, I don't, don't know. No, I don't think so. I think you're right. Honestly, it's just, it's not that important. I don't think like, again, like, what you did as a 14, 15 year old should not come back to you as an adult, I don't think. Right. But that's not how our society is currently built, you know, sadly. So I get it. You know what's crazy too? I was thinking about back what you said about Google and AdWords and all of that. During that time, that really transformed the world when it comes to marketing. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Advertising, like print, like think of a print and TV and all that stuff. It's like, well, wait a second. I can really target the exact person that I want at the exact moment and bring them into my world. Yep. Right. Game changing. Game and you can and you can track it. Right. Like there's actual yeah. ROI to marketing, which is nuts. So, so nuts. I mean, so yeah. those guys, I tell you what. I have a lot of respect for Google e- even now. They they just they're always on the top of their game. Still are yep. in their own way. Everything they're doing with GCP and all that and Looker yep. and all this cool stuff. I mean, yep. those guys, they're badass, dude. They're badass. For sure. for sure. And a lot of respect to the founders for making that happen and they had opportunities to to sell really early and make some decent money and they like stuck with it and you know, uh, I'm you know, they can't compare but like I'm scaling a tech company now and Oof, that's that's hard, you know, like yeah. execution is still hard. Like, you know, and look, like what people don't remember is they were not like AdWords was not the first version of that to exist. Like there were search engines already. They yep. just made it like a cleaner version, like that the experience was better and like PageRank was really good. But like is PageRank the reason they won? You know, I don't know. But like it was more than that. And, you know, so it's like it was really just like execute. And then AdWords itself, like that product, you know, other companies were doing that. They just put all the pieces together in the right way to make it work. So, you know, it wasn't like they didn't grind it out and execute, which I think a lot of people don't realize. So, yeah. Do you think you think Google was successful and continues to be successful 
because they always execute, but they execute at a different level than everybody else. Exactly. Exactly. For sure. You think, that, you think that's a culture thing? You think that has to do with the, the weak trips to Tahoe and stuff like that? I mean, is it just letting people kind of just really think and step out and, you know, focus <laughs> on the problem? Maybe. No, I mean, that's how Gmail got started was just like, you know, a couple guys working there thought about it, thought that'd be interesting and made it happen in their own independent time there. I think there's a, and they were kind of revolutionized the idea of like, you know, it's kind of funny, but the cafeteria idea or like the free food, which is like, it sounds like whatever, but dude, I mean, I'm sure you've been to like a Google campus, but like, it like blew me away. It's like five star meals all. And and then you think about it. It's like, of course you don't leave campus. You just sit there and talk to your friends who work there and then good things happen. And that makes sense. But like it, you know, obviously it was super expensive, but they understood the long-term benefit from that when a lot of people didn't. So, um, yeah, I think they did things in a really different way. And obviously a lot of people copy them now, but they were definitely the original. It's funny. Um, we'll get off this topic in a second, but you know, I, I, I did a lot of work early on with a lot of, um, in startups yep. in, in the Silicon Valley area and all of that. And, San Francisco and I spent a lot of time and there was a lot of guys, companies that kind of copied that model, but they copied it for all the wrong reasons. It's yep. like, let's give them the snacks. Let's have the kegs of beer. Let's, let's act like we're, we're open and, and free in that way, but then let's not give them good benefits yep. Yep. <laughs> and, and let's not pay them much, right? right. Let's, let's work them like dogs. Right. As, a, as in, and, and again, I think it, it comes back to what we were saying. It's just the execution in that way and doing what's right. Exactly. It worked. Right. Yep. yep. I don't know. Cause I, I've seen, I've been there, I've done that. And I, and I've, and I've sat there and I've hung out with people in those companies where they're like, this place sucks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Sure we get like free snacks and whatnot. And I, I like drinking beer here, but like other right. than that, it's terrible. No, you for know? sure. They, they committed a hundred percent to it. And I think, you know, they still do. It's still a great place to be and they treat people really well. I think treating people well, is kind of the key to everything, honestly, if you really want to make stuff work. Wow. What an amazing story. Like I said in the beginning of this episode, I didn't know all of this coming into this and just kind of unraveling this guy's life. You know, maybe it's just because we just passed 4th of July and I'm feeling very patriotic, but I'll tell you what, freaking America, like this guy moved here at, and immigrated here, four years old, barely spoke, if didn't really speak English at all. Ends up traveling the world with his dad through his dad's hard work, drive, and then ends up at Google with a successful career at Google. Oh, and let me don't let me forget, built a company and had a startup in college, like America. I mean, this it's amazing. And, and this guy just continues to truly crush it. it it's funny, like, and you've heard, you've listened to other episodes, people and their drive. And they just keep at it and they keep winning. So stay tuned. It gets better. What happens after Google? When he, how did he found Relativity 6? That's what's coming up next. Stay tuned. It's really cool stuff. The Insurance Technology Podcast is a production of Ivan's. Visit insuretechpod.com to contact us, suggest a topic or guest for an upcoming show, and subscribe to be notified when our latest podcast is available. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app. 
It's where you can also leave us a rating and a review that helps other people find the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.